gentlemen, welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where Gary turns on the lights and Jesse is surprised. That was uh, unexpected. I looked up and I've never been in a spotlight up here before. It's been oh, a year. we've had that before, haven't have, we? No, this is the first time. Oh. At least that I know of. Well, hey, um, these blind. lights are not new, but I'm going to act like they're new. Right. Wow, nice. New lights. Yeah, we awesome. just got these new lights in. Wow. Yeah, you see that? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> no, I just continually forget to turn them on. Gotcha. Usually gotcha. that's the case. Yeah, no, I don't mind them at all. I'm just like, I'm so used to being in the dark when I when I watch that podcast, and now people are going to be like, he has a face. I feel like people like that, though, when I know. we're in the dark in the podcast, because then they can't see you. Yeah, exactly. That way they actually listen. Right, exactly. <laughs> Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Gary. Welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where on Friday mornings we talk about stuff. Yes, we do. And that means that we talk about murder hornets. That means we talk about what's happening in the life of living water. Uh, we talk about video games, we talk about 90s basketball, and all of it points to Jesus Christ. Yep, that's There's exactly an right. analogy in every single one of those things. There is information that you need to hold on to in every single one of those things. And there's a lot of times where you just need to ignore the fact that we think it's funny and you don't. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that, apparently. There's a lot of that. We think it's hilarious that people are like, you guys are stupid. Yeah, why are you <laughs> spending time laughing at that? Right? I don't know, because it's a murder hornet. Yeah. Can you believe that? These uh, murder hornets? I can't believe that some NBA team hasn't named themselves the murder hornets. You know, I'm waiting. Let's chase that rabbit trail I'm for I'm waiting for the, the old, for the Washington Wizards to revert mm. their name back to the Bullets. And, and to be the murder bullet. Yeah, <laughs> no, for them. The and murder then the hornet? Then the Charlotte Hornets oh, to okay. join. Gotcha. And then it'll be the bullet hornets, which is very, very Ooh, close. Ooh, that's yes. pretty good. Yeah, very, very close. So there is a hornets. Yeah, there's there there's was, a Charlotte hornets. Yeah, did, but what did they become? They were the something, and then they went back. They were the bobcats, I think. That's right. Yep. And then they went back to the hornets, that's right? That's exactly right. Yep. Because... Us, in the 90s, uh, we had Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, mm -hmm. uh, part of the Charlotte Hornets, That's and right. they were an expansion team, correct? Yes, they were. Let's yep. chase this rabbit trail for a second. Have you ever written a letter to a famous person? I have not. Not that I can recall. I got no. a story for you, then. Yeah, how about you? I wrote a letter to the organization of the Charlotte Hornets, and I asked to have Larry Johnson's autograph. <laughs> Because 10-year-old me thought that was a good idea. <laughs> and back in those days, they responded. They really? responded. They gave me, it was like a stock photo, but they gave me a team picture and like some kind of form letter that said, hey, thanks for being a fan. Like, wow. uh, we we encourage you to keep watching us or whatever. Wow. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, props to you, man. Well, And to the Charlotte Hornets. Right? Well done, man. To That's... the 90s Charlotte Hornets. Well done. Wow, impressive. So uh, that could also be a whole other conversation, um, especially around the output of effort that mm -hmm. we have to have some kind of interaction with a famous person. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to ask you this. Who's the most famous person... That you have come in contact with? Uh, Vince Vaughn. I remember this story, and yep. I want to hear how this story went, because there was something about, uh, something for some reason in my head as I'm recalling this story, something about, like, thumbs? Yes. Yeah, he's got weird thumbs. Okay, give me this yeah, story. Yeah, Vince then. Vaughn's got really, really weird thumbs. For Sorry, those, Vince, for if those you're of listening. You, yeah, for those of you listening, go on Google and Google Vince Vaughn thumbs. He's got weird thumbs. Does he? He really does. Uh 
the reason that I got to know Vince Vaughn is I worked at the Disney store in Chicago. And yes, I've, I've endured a lot of mocking because of that, but <laughs> I did. Did you have to dress up as a pirate or anything like that? Luckily I was the assistant stocking manager, Oh man! but I still had to wear Disney ears on certain days, oh, which nice. was terrible. Gotta find a picture of that. There's well, gotta be a picture of that somewhere sure in the one, internet world. I'm sure one of my ex-girlfriends from the Chicago days took a picture of the oh. Disney ears somewhere, but, uh, yeah, so I was working at the Disney store, and Vince Vaughn came in one day, and he was looking for toys for his kids, and I just happened to be, uh, or nieces or something, right. and I just happened to be the one who uh, who worked with him, and he said, hey, I appreciate it. You didn't ask for an autograph or anything. I'm like, I don't really care who you are. I just want to <laughs> sell toys, and he's like, high five, and then after that, like, he asked for me every time. He came in, like, two, three times wow. after that. Yeah, because I wasn't like, oh, Vince Vaughn. I was like, I don't care who you are. I right. got work to do. Right. Like, I don't care where you live. And you at know? that time, what was the approximate year, you would say? I bet it was 2010 slash 11. Ish. So it was right around the wedding so crasher days. He was pretty big then. Yeah. So yeah. I can believe that uh, having never been a celebrity, having never been a famous person, uh, hearing the stories of how annoying it is to just go buy a jug of milk or uh, yeah. something from the Disney store. Yep. Like, I can see him appreciating that. Yeah, absolutely. They just want to be treated like normal person. Right. Another, another couple that I met was Joel Madden. He's one of the singers from Good Charlotte. He married oh, okay. Nicole Richie. He I was, was going to guess, like, uh, related to John or something yeah, like that. Yeah, not no? near as cool. No. 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 <laughs> Good Charlotte's not near as neat as John Madden. John Madden would be a story, man. And Ooh. this is my favorite Disney story. And, and I don't know if you know who Paul Hogan is. Yeah, uh, same name sounds familiar. Is that Crocodile Dundee? Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, there you so go. this guy comes in and he looks like Paul Hogan. Okay. And no one knows who Paul Hogan is because I'm the only nerd who watches like 1986 oh, Australian movies. Crocodile Dundee is so good. And he comes in and he has an Australian accent. And I'm like, gotta ask, are you Paul Hogan? He's like, nah. Nah. Like, all right, fine, whatever. Yep. And the whole time I'm like, that guy's Paul that Hogan. That really is him. And so he gets up to the counter and I'm like, okay, well. Here's your toys. He does a credit card purchase. I'm oh. like, I need your ID. Yes. Shows me the ID. Australia, Paul Hogan. Yeah. I'm like, I called it, bro. He's like, wink. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah. That's so. awesome. And it's funny that he tried to get by without really admitting that it was right. him. The whole time he's smiling like, nah, I'm totally Paul Hogan. Right. But no, I'm right. not gonna. Right. This is awesome. Now, so. I think we've had this game already, <laughs> but if I was a Paul Hogan, if I was a Vince Vaughn, I would probably have like a fake name that I would give. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Just to avoid yep. so much distraction or whatever. Yep. What would be your fake name be? Boy. Wasn't it like Dirks or something yeah, like it, that? It, it you was, had something. It was, uh, oh, one of the ones I'd like to be called was Big McLarge Huge. <laughs> I feel like that's not going to accomplish. Like, if you're going into a hotel or going into a store, or you're putting a reservation in. That's going to be a name right, that yeah. would draw more attention. Yeah. So you're really missing the point of the game. There. What about Dirk Beef Chunk? Like, <laughs> that seems worse. <laughs> you're going down the wrong road here, man. I'm thinking like Joe Smith yeah. or Joe or Smith. Tom Jones. Right. Or uh, Tom Jones isn't a good one either. He's or, famous. Or Keith Montana. Yeah, there you go. Just yeah. something like that. Keith Montana. I feel like that would do it. What about you? What would you do? Uh, so here's a funny little story. Uh, I'm the nerd that uh, spent all of my time time uh just making up uh characters on nba 2k 
whatever it was at the time and all that kind of stuff. And I remember creating a guy who was, I thought, like my alternate ego. Yeah. And I took my middle name, which is Dean. Right. And I took the name that my parents apparently were going to name me. Mm -hmm. And I put those two together and it was Dean Russell. Dean Russell. Yeah, that seems Actually, very like kind of a pretty decent name, right? That's, that's like just not kind bad. of a, just it fits kind yeah, of name. That's not bad. So I think if I had to choose an alternate name, it would be Dean Russell. Congrats, Dean Russell. Yeah, I like that. I feel like that would work. I like it. We may or may not have gone <laughs> south here. This one says it's still recording. Hey, hey, we're good. So I think we're still going. Yeah, we're good. We're so fine. welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, where uh, Dirks McLarge Huge and uh, <laughs> Dean Russell talk about stuff uh, because of the fact that all of that stuff somehow or other sometimes it takes a little bit more but it points back to Jesus Christ. I love that you put both of them together. That was pretty good. Dirk's McLarge huge. That's that's great. <laughs> and uh, on the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast what we try to do here is give you multiple on-ramps. Uh, <laughs> what those on-ramps do is number one uh, help you to get to know your pastors just a little bit better and how messed up they are and how they are approachable. Uh, you can talk to either one of us about uh, your alternate ego name. Mm-hmm. You can talk to either one of us about that one time you met Vince Vaughn. You can talk to us about those kind of things because we would love to have a relationship with you. And even more than that, we would love to, Living Water, have a relationship with you, which means uh, we represent Living Water. We come from the Church of Living Water. And what we try to do in this podcast is give you on-ramps to get connected to the people of Living Water, whether that's a care elder, whether that's a friend, whatever it is, form some kind of relationship with your church family because that, in turn, forms a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, We like to present Jesus Christ. We need to represent Jesus Christ, uh, not only as pastors, but as brothers and sisters of Living Water Community Church. And so as we introduce you to us, as we introduce you to Living Water, we most of all introduce you to Jesus Christ. And that's what this conversation will all point back to in some way or other. And sometimes it takes a little laughter to get to that. That's exactly right. If you guys come to Christ get a deeper knowledge, we've done our job. Absolutely. Yep. And so you're going to hear us talk about theology. Uh, You're going to hear us talk about events that are coming up. Uh, Probably what's on your heart or what's on your uh, concern list at the most right now is what are you guys doing uh, for the next couple of weeks? Mm -hmm. And we'll try to answer some of those questions as well. But first, before we get to any of that, we got to get back to these murder hornets. Yeah, we got to get that? back to the conversation around like, is this a plague? That was one question I had. Is this something that God is uh, smoting us? Is that the right word? We've been smitten, smoting. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't feel confident enough to say I know the mind of God, and I think so many of our conversations go back to that. Uh, God is bigger than what I know. God is bigger than what we know. So there's all kinds of distance between my reasoning and his. And I often think of it this way. He doesn't have uh, a a one track sort of thing. Like his ability to take one thing and to use it for 8,000 other purposes is really something that we have to think about when it comes to viruses, when it comes to pandemics, when it comes to all that kind of stuff. Well, don't you think, by the way, it's not just the sense of God's bigness in terms of what's going on right now, but don't you think that it's, or maybe this is just a question, at least my thought is, 
we just haven't noticed all these things before. Mm, right. Like, I mean, there's always been sickness. There's always been death. That's well there's said. There's always been wasps. There's always been all these problems. But now all of a sudden they're kind of coming at once. And I think we're just oversensitive to some of these minute changes that have always been there. I agree with that. That's so. really well said because we, I think we've had this discussion before too, uh, probably off air. Uh, but you look back at um, when Christians are being fed to lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look back at like the crusades. You look back at some of these incredibly violent times in history. And it would very clearly at that point uh, ha- been a conversation around like, to a brother and sister in Christ, like, this is it, isn't it? Like, look at how bad it is. This has got to be it. Right. And that was a thousand years ago or whatever. Yeah. So I feel like the conversation can continue on. And I still feel also, um, is it in our chapter this week, Sunday, actually, that's a good lead in too. But uh, Peter says something along the lines of the end of all things is near. Right. And he said that a thousand right. some years ago. Yep. So yeah, we're probably in the fourth quarter because we've been in the fourth quarter since Christ went back up to heaven. Well, that's the that's the thing, man. I mean, everyone everyone thinks that oh, what we're experiencing right now is so unique to us. And mm. I told someone this. I said, if you look, and I'm a history guy, as you know, if you look throughout history, every fifty to a hundred years, mm. going back for millennia, there is something that causes people to say it's the end of times. Right. If you look back 50, 60, 70 years ago, it was, you know, Vietnam, and then it was World War II, and then mm-hmm. it was a pandemic, and then it was World War One, and then it was the Civil War, and on and on and on and on. And it's always either sickness or war causes people to absolutely panic and go, oh, this is the end. Right. And what I like to remind people of is that not only have we as a species, we created in the name of God, experienced hardship before mm-hmm. because we have. But this is also a reminder of how God is constantly calling us back to him. Oh, man, yeah. This is not him punishing, I don't think. Right. Part of it is, I don't know. Right. But at least in my perspective, it's not him punishing us, but it's him using a situation to go, hey, guess what? Just like 50 years ago when you panicked, you're doing the same. Come to me. I bring calmness, I bring healing, I bring joy. That's so well said, because there's a couple of Bible stories that come to my mind then. Of course, Joseph, right? Right. Uh, What you intended for evil, God used for good. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's something that we can say in so many circumstances in our life. Uh, We also, uh, this has got to be said at some point, uh, we do not attribute any evil to God. Exactly. I think that's in one of our Belgic Confession uh, yep. documents somewhere along there, mm-hmm. uh, built out of Scripture, of course, built out of somewhere in James, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the giver of all good gifts, and we would never, ever be able to say something bad comes from him. Right. So I think there's a lot of, like, who do we attribute this stuff to? Uh, where does it actually come from? And then out of that... We have to say, yeah, but he's one that can take something bad and do something good with it. Exactly. And there's so many analogies you can use for that, right? Like uh, I'm thinking of uh, we've done a couple of like just little projects around the house, uh, me and the kids, just to have fun with them or whatever. Uh, We took these uh, old planks of wood. Like somebody gave us wood that we were just going to put in the bonfire or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Sarah and I made a bird house out of it. Nice. And like, it's nothing special. It's simple. It's a tiny little thing. 
but something good came out of what was going to be tossed into the fire. Yep. And I think there's an analogy there for what God is doing. Like he's taking something that's so yucky mm-hmm. and so uh, disdain filled and he's doing something good with it. And we're chasing that. And that's what we want to be about when we think about the kingdom of God. Right. Exactly. exactly. And so that's all Joseph. And in the, the, you know, I'm I'm turning to I'm just looking over First Peter four, which we're talking about this mm-hmm. Sunday again. Mm-hmm. I like where it starts in verse one because it very clearly talks about exactly what we're talking about right now. Therefore, since Christ suffered in His body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. Oh, and then twelve, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening right. to you. Right. Right. You know, and I think that's exactly where we're at today. Don't be surprised Don't by this. Don't be surprised though. by this. We're acting like this is strange and right. why is this happening? And right. I'm just, I, and I'm constant. And maybe it's just me. I'm just more, okay, suffering happens mm-hmm. than most people. But I look at it and I go, why are we shocked by this? Right, right. This was told to us centuries ago. That's a really fun rabbit trail to chase because uh, this was on a walk that Sandra and I went on. Like something kind of hit me. Hopefully, uh, Spirit of God, maybe you can take this and, and hear it for what it's worth. Why be surprised by what he's doing uh, when we knew all of this was coming? Mm-hmm. And what I go back to is conversations that I've had around Christmas time, especially when these Pharisees were surprised by the birth of Christ when yeah. these Israelites were uh, not sure that he was the Christ. Like, as we look at it from the past and we say, how do you not understand that? How do you not see that this was him? Mm-hmm. Of course, like he was in the line of David. Why would you not keep track of every one of David's descendants? And why would you not see this coming? And the point that I got to was something around it was so simple and it was so hidden. Like mm-hmm. it was right there in front of you the whole time. And yeah. it was really complex. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, of course, this is so cliche, but once we get through all of this, we're going to be able to look back and hindsight is twenty twenty, and we're going to be able to say like, oh, like that's what he was doing. Like, mm-hmm. obviously he was doing that. Mm-hmm. And how did I not see that at the time? Yeah. It's 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 our human nature. We're so blind to what he's doing. You're exactly right. One of the one of the curses of humanity, and it's it's due to the fall of mankind, is that we have a tendency to only see truth through the lens of hindsight. Right, right. And when we do that, yeah, it's easy for us now to look back on our Christian brothers and sisters thousands of years ago and go, "Hey, why are you panicking, Peter? Right. Why did you you know betray Jesus?" Right. Hey, you know, why, Paul, why did it take you however long, 30, 40 years to know Christ when he had to make you, you know, blind in order to do so? Mm -hmm. It's easy for us to call back on them and to judge for their lack of understanding. Right. And yet we ourselves find ourselves in the exact same situation where we're going, oh, this pandemic is happening. Right. We need to be careful. Absolutely. But we're going, why is this happening? And in 20 years, we're going to go, oh, yeah, that's how God worked. Right. Which, if we would only have the faith to see God at work now, we could save ourselves a lot of grief. Well, and maybe some of that comes into um, this podcast I heard, I think it was this morning or last night, uh, Patrick Lencioni Mm -hmm. uh, does a lot about team building, this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was going all about, like, his first job, uh, his team's first jobs. And it was all about how bad those first jobs were. And how 
it was a horrible work environment or uh, they had a bad boss or whatever the case was. And all of those conversations were, oh, man, it would have been great to avoid that. It would have been great to avoid that. And then like a light bulb, it kind of hit him and he said, yeah, but if we didn't have that, then I wouldn't have the understanding of what a bad boss is. Right. Like I had to go through that dark so that I could understand the light. And so maybe that's part of this, too, that we have to go through this junk so that we can actually recognize how good God is. Absolutely. And and just like Peter says, maybe maybe we have to go through this quote-unquote suffering. And make no mistake, our current suffering is nothing compared to being thrown in prison with lions. Right, when you put it in the context of the persecution, right? right put it exactly. in the context of everything else. But it's, it's nothing. Right. But at the same time, it is still it's a struggle. still something, right. Mm-hmm. And maybe this suffering is not only to, to show us the glory of God, but maybe it's also so that we understand what the suffering they went through was mm-hmm. in a little part which connects us all to one another in Christ, even That's our brother really and sister well thousands mm-hmm. of years ago. Right. So. And so is this the end of times is the question that I've had, that you've had, and I would yeah, shrug my shoulders and I'd say, We've always been in the end of times. Well, that's the thing. Like, this we, has always been the end. We, we think, we, we tend to think that the, the Bible ended in 75 AD, right? right during right, the right. last scripture. But then we forget that there's all these prophecies of, I guess what? I'm going to come back. There right. will be an end. Right. Why we think that scripture stops being effective at 65 AD and we're not living that out right. now right. is beyond me. I, I love the language of... Being in the fourth quarter, just because mm-hmm. it's a sports analogy that I can grab my head around or whatever. And to me, what we have missed is the fact that this has all been the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, yeah. ever since he said, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Yep. It yep. started. And, in yep. fact, we've ha- preached on this before. I know we have, because Pentecost is coming up here fairly soon. Yep. And remember especially in the early uh, church at the beginning of Acts, this, these disciples, as he left, they sat there and waited. Yeah. Like yeah. their understanding was very clear when he says, behold, I am coming soon. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to sit here and wait because he's coming in the next five minutes. Right. And so imagine the, the patience that must have been built. Imagine the... Uh, the difficulty, I guess, of, is he here yet? Is he yeah, here yet? Is right. he here yet? Like, yeah. I get so mad at Sandra when she says uh, 7.45 and it's actually 8 o'clock, yeah. right? Because that <laughs> yeah. happens all the time. Yeah. And in some ways, he kind of has said that, like, hey, I'm going to be here pretty quick. Yeah. And so in my mind, when I hear that, I'm going to be here pretty quick, like, oh, that's like right now. But we have laxed off on it so much that because yeah. it's been a thousand years, because it's been a couple thousand years, like, oh, yeah, he doesn't really mean right now. Right. He's reminding us, no, like any time now. Any time now. Yeah. Yep. And, and and we we are so good as Christians at at pigeonholing God oh, yeah. into what we want our perception to be. Right, right, right. And, and in doing so, there are many hallmarks that, God carries on in his being. There are many things that you go, yep, that's that's what, you know, an aspect of God, that's an aspect of God, that's an aspect of God. And one of the aspects of God that is true throughout all of human history is he makes his people wait. 
Right. According to his time. The 40 years in the desert. Exactly. Yep. And we look at the 40 years in the desert. We look at, man, even the creation of mankind. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to send a savior. One of the the first promise he has is, you know what? Guess what? I'm going to send someone and he will crush your head. You'll strike his heel, but he will be victorious. Right. And I'm sure that was, well, I know that was told for thousands upon thousands of years mm-hmm. all throughout Israelite history, waiting for this promise to come, mm-hmm. generation upon generation for a Savior, and it never came. Right. He makes his people wait. Oh. And, and now we're, we're in a situation where it's been 2,000 years mm-hmm. since Christ came. And guess what? Just like our brothers and sisters, God is making us wait. Absolutely. We don't know until when. Right. But that's what he's doing. And don't you think there's a bunch of things that we could chase there for a second? Number one, uh, I remember listening to this song when I was really young because it was a 60s song. It was kind of like a flower child song. Yep. Um, In the year 2525, if man is still alive. Yep. I think I put it on my playlist now, actually, Mm -hmm. because I was thinking about it. But there's something about that song that says... Uh, in the year 2525, if you're still alive, what's ga- what's it going to look like? And yeah. then he jumps in the next verse, he says, in the year 3535. And just he jumps like a thousand years at a time, mm-hmm. which is a long time if you think about it. But let's shrink that down. Let's jump a yeah. hundred years. I remember doing a sermon a hundred years ago. We didn't have uh, cell phones. Right. Well, Five years ago, we didn't have cell phones. Right. Ten years ago, we didn't have smart TVs. Twenty years ago, we didn't have this certain technology. A hundred years ago, 200 years ago, we didn't have cars. Yeah. Like, you just take a look at how much things have changed in a short amount of time. Yeah. And then you look at the fact that a day is a thousand years to Christ. Right. And a, a thousand years is like a day. Yep. And the timing of our patience is so incredibly strange mm-hmm. that he's more concerned, I think, with how we're waiting. Right. Like, are yeah. you an anxious waiter? Like, yeah. if Sandra said 745 and it's 8 o'clock, am I pacing the floor? I'm throwing stuff around, like, come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Or am I a calm presence? Am I one that's waiting in a correct way Right. and doing something good? Yeah. While I'm waiting, there's a song, yep. a Christian song, I think, like, uh, while I'm waiting. And I think that's so true because we're all waiting at this point, Yeah, not only for the virus to be done, but we're waiting for Christ to come back. And yeah. so what are you doing while you're waiting? That's, that's, a, that's really well put. I mean, how do you wait yeah. well? How do you wait well? You know, and, yep. and that I feel like the at least 80% of Scripture is about how to, what you do while you're waiting That's for right. the promise That's to be well fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know, at least 80 of it. Because right. if you think about the entire scripture, there's four chapters, four, the Gospels, where Jesus is actually present. And you can kind of count Acts a right. little bit, so four mm-hmm. and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but four to four and a half chapters where the promise has been fulfilled in Christ and he's actually present. Everything oh, man, before right. that is building up to it. Everything after that. Yep. Is building up to his ascension or his, re- his resurrection coming back again, again. right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have thousands of years of people waiting and what they do during that waiting. Boom, four and a half chapters, right? You're waiting again. Oh, so let's chase this. Um, the Matrix, yeah, uh, 90s. Uh, we fit in with that really, yep. really well. Uh, three fourths of you haven't seen The Matrix, but it's a very violent movie, so yeah. don't watch it. Yeah. But it there's is. a lot of themes in there that I'm really struck with. And I remember being disappointed 
because this hero is waited for, waited for, and waited for. And at least in the first movie, the only one that counts, the other ones don't count. Mm -hmm. The first one, he's only the hero Mm -hmm. for like three minutes. Yeah. Like you have a two hour movie and he recognizes his powers and he uses his powers for about three minutes. Yeah. And it's in a way like, oh man, like I want to see more of that. I want to see more of him be the hero. And yet they created cinematic gold. Mm-hmm. Because they made you wait for so long. Yeah. And it was such an anticipation that you couldn't help but be excited when he finally was able to control the Matrix. Yep. Because he figured it out. Yep. In some of the same way, we got an entire Old Testament of being promised, being promised, anticipation, anticipation, anticipation. And finally he comes and he walks on this earth. Yeah. And it's only for a short amount of time. It's only for 30 some years. 33 years. That's and it. Then it's over. Yeah. And yeah. then we got to wait again. Exactly. And there's something so cool about that mm-hmm. because that's anticipation. What I mean, it, it really begs a question or it brings to mind the whole idea of less is more, right? I oh, mean, yeah. You know, Very Christ true. did all these amazing things in mm-hmm. three years of ministry. Three. Mm-hmm. Right. In the same time, look at it this way in the same time. That Gary and I, less than the same time, Gary and I have been pastors here at Living Water. Jesus accomplished his earthly ministry. He did a lot more than us. He did a lot more than us. Because <laughs> he is Jesus, and we are definitely he not. He would have had a podcast. He would have, oh, he would have had the most popular podcast. Probably. that he would have, boop, done. Yeah, be you done, know. been done. But, I mean. He, Think of his conversations, even. Right. Right? And how less is more. Exactly. Like, yeah. do you ever see, so the Beatitudes are his longest yeah, sermon. sermon. Mm-hmm. But every other time, it was like a tiny little message. Yep, exactly. Man, so many people are going to be like, oh, man, you guys should listen to that because yeah. <laughs> rather than a 30-minute message, you need like a five-minute message. Right, exactly. Bring people up there and eat with them. Well, well, okay. well fair, there's, there's fair point. There, yeah. But the the whole idea of kind of less is more and, and, and Jesus being on this earth and accomplishing his earthly ministry in three, three and a half years, mm-hmm. only for... All of mankind, due to their sin, to wait. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like the holy comes, or the the perfection comes mm-hmm. on this earth for 33 years. Right. And then we have to wait. Right. And the whole reason we have to wait is because we're not perfect. Right. And how incredible does that build up then, too? Yeah. Like, the anticipation continues to build. Yeah. So the fact that he is coming again yep. makes me not, like, woe is me. Mm-hmm. But more of like, I can't wait. Exactly. This is going to be so awesome. This is going to be so awesome. So maybe part of it is we continue to say that. Mm -hmm. Like we see how tough this is. And we're able to say, because this is so tough, that redemption, when I get to go be with him, oh man, that's going to be so much awesome. It's going to be so much better. Because if I have everything I want here and life is great, there's no suffering, what good would going to heaven be? Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's no reason to even desire perfection if indeed this world was already perfect. Right. That you know that we're not saying that heaven is the ultimate goal. Christ is the ultimate goal. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. and heaven is the the beautiful promise that right. we get out of our faith. Right. But if there wasn't any promise of perfection in relationship with him if we already had perfection here, 
there'd be absolutely no hope for the afterlife. Right. And to see that contrast, I think that's what we're aiming at here, right? To see how great it's going to be. And that's the thing that I think both of us would like to say this morning is, yes, this time is hard. We understand is a lot of waiting, even for the COVID stuff to be done. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of waiting. But in that waiting, not only how are you waiting well, but we can wait with hope instead of sadness. Absolutely. Because at the end, we know where we're going to go. Yep. Because so. we have a hope that others don't have, and that's First Peter. Exactly. That's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on that note, uh, especially on the waiting note, uh, we're not having services physically this week. Right. We want to encourage you to wait um, because yeah. it's seeming like a very smart thing to do, as we talked about it with council as we had so many inputs from community health partners, from other churches, all of these inputs coming in, we found it to be wise mm-hmm. to have one more week for sure mm-hmm. that we stay at home, that mm-hmm. we encourage social distancing, that we encourage the quarantining. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, uh, we are aiming for a May 17th gathering of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to flesh out a lot of details over the weekend. We're going to flesh out a lot of details over the next week or so. Uh, Jesse and I were just having conversations around what does broadcasting look like? Uh, what does online look like? Uh, we're going to continue to do our best to present an online presence because I think we would still encourage, even if we do physically gather, we would still encourage if you have any symptoms, if you have any uh, kind of heartache about like, ah, I don't know if I should mm-hmm. stay home, yeah. just stay home. It's yeah. going to solve a lot of things in your own heart. Uh, I get it. You want to be together so badly. Uh, we were just talking about the difference between introvert, extrovert, uh, introvert. I have a little tinge of introvert, but a lot of extrovert. So I can kind of see both sides of this a little bit. Right. I don't, I don't mind it on certain days. Like, oh yeah, I get to be at home. Right. Like, yep. Just leave me alone. I want to be at home. Yep. And then yep. there's also that aching on certain days. Like, oh, yep. I just wish I could shake somebody's hand. Like, how can I not mm-hmm. see someone? So I get it. There's a huge struggle going on there, right? Oh, absolutely. And and I'm the kind of... I'm actually, Mostly I'm extrovert. Almost all extrovert. Right. Like, mm-hmm. almost all. So, I mean, my big thing is we got to meet, we got to meet, not not just for us as a church, but, you know, also for me personally, because mm-hmm. I feed off interaction with right. other people. Right. Um, but that being said, we as council, as Gary said, we want to do this well. Right. We want to, quote unquote, reopen or restart our physical gathering well. Right. And we want it to be safe. Yep. And we've decided that, yeah, we're going to continue online this week and we're shooting for the 17th. Because we want to open well, we want to do it safely, and we yep. want to make sure everything's taken care of. Now, yep. that being said, there's a possibility that we might not meet on the 17th. If it has to get pushed back, it has to get pushed back. It gets back. pushed back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, from both pastor and council, from leadership perspective, we just ask that you roll with the punches, kind of like we're doing. I mean, right now we're shooting for the 17th. It might happen. It might not. We don't know. Right. We're just asking patience as we try to figure this out from day to day. One of the things that uh, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, not only from Lencioni, but Henry Cloud has been a really influential one for me. He's a psychologist that spoke at several of the Global Leadership Summits. He's also written some pretty incredible books. Check out Boundaries if you're thinking about 
how to set up uh, good boundaries between yourself and a relationship, whatever. Um, but one of the things I remember him saying was very, very small and strategic goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a tendency as human nature, whatever, to say, hey, what does the next year look like? Uh, what does the big picture look like? And yeah, that's great. We got to have something pie in the sky kind of way out there. But especially during a crisis time, we need to make our goals even more bite-sized, even more uh, just small steps than they have been before. So if that means, hey, May 10, that's what we're focused on right now. Right. May 10 is going to be online. We're going to do that well. Yep. We're going to figure out the sound. We're going to figure out how to broadcast. We're going to figure out how to do these things really, really well mm-hmm. for this week, Sunday. Exactly. Then yep. we're going to accomplish that and we're going to run through the finish line on that one. Yep. And then we're going to accomplish the next step. And yep. what we're telling you is we're hoping that May 17 is that next step where we actually have some sort of physical gathering. Mm-hmm. But We're also understanding that with this COVID stuff, especially as Sioux City cases rise, as it seems to kind of close in on Northwest Iowa, we make decisions that are continuing to be safe. And so as we will know more tomorrow than we do today, we'll adjust our game plan. And I think that's what makes uh, Tom Brady the best quarterback ever. That's what makes uh, the ability to read the situation, the context, and to make your game plan adjustable that you can kind of roll with those punches, like you said. And I can't believe you didn't yell at me for throwing in very quickly there that Tom Brady is the best quarterback. Oh, I caught it. Trust me, I caught it. But, you know, you had, you had a really good point, so I wasn't going to interrupt you, but I'm I, just like, I can't. I thought you were going to just break me Damn. in right in there. No, no, no. I, yeah. one, of the, one of the things the Lord has taught me is patience, even in the face of, of pure <laughs> lies. Just, he's the worst. He's just, he's a traitor now, too. He is. You know? I'm a so, Tampa Bay Bucks fan now. Oh, yeah. gross. I, I had to go out and buy a Bucks jersey. That's and, a total lie. Right yeah, there. right. Yeah. And he's with Gronk. Gronkowski now too. That's fun. So to not, me, that's pretty fun. And then they posted like a little video of him doing the duck call or something oh like yeah, that. Yeah, that's hilarious. Just I, that that feeds right into my Mighty Ducks. Like dude, I love that. You know what frustrates me about Tom Brady? Everything. Well, besides everything, because everything does. He's awful. He's just a terrible human he's being. He's listening. You know that. Well, like, good. You're man, you're you're terrible, Tom. You're bashing him, and he's listening. <sighs> he's just awful. So him and the, Vince Vaughn. The, yeah, right. So the thing that drives me nuts about him is the one saving grace about him mm-hmm. was the fact that he was going to live <laughs> as in New England, in Boston, right. his entire life. He was right. going to be a that was New England the, guy. Like, yeah, I'm I'm in for your community. Right. And da, 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 I'm going to be a Boston guy right, until yeah, I yeah. die, right. and then. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't get a contract, and he's like, well, I'm going down to Florida now, getting a tan. See you later. Like, oh, it drives me crazy. But don't you think that's part of their industry? Like, they got to roll with it enough that, like, yeah, I'm I'm a part of this city because I love you guys, and yeah. then you trade me, so now I'm not. But that's the thing. He wasn't even traded. His contract just wasn't even renewed. But like, even in- that, like, so I would argue, we don't know all the details of sitting across that room, whatever, whatever, right. but... You know this, like you're sitting in a meeting and Bill Belichick is sitting across from you and he says, we love you, but we're not going to give you 
X amount, whatever it right. is. And yeah. so part of it is like not a slap in the face because it's not like he's uh, destitute or whatever. But I'm sure there's a little bit of pride there. Like, hey, dude, right. I've been with you for 20 years. Like, come on. Like, really? Come on. Yeah. Right. Like part of me would be that way. Like, come on. But it, for me personally, the same thing, <clears throat> excuse me, the same thing that he's doing right now is the same thing my third favorite basketball player did. Charles Barkley? No. Michael jo- Michael Jordan is my third Michael favorite. Johnson. Ba- Michael Johnson. Michael Jackson. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Best <laughs> he, basketball player of all time. He had a time. great jump shot. Right, yeah. No, my he's third, your third favorite? He's my third favorite. Okay, but, so before you remember your thought. No, yeah. you remember your thought. No, but the thing that drives me nuts is the same thing that he did. He retires, goes to baseball, comes back, does another three-peat with the Bulls, yep. And then what does he do? Takes a year off and goes to, remember where he Wizards. went? He goes to the Wizards. That's right. Because he buys into the team ah. and he spends another season and a half with the Wizards. Right. And I remember being, you know, like just in college right. going, dude. How can you do it? Really? That? You're destroying your legacy. You were a Bulls guy and now you're a Wizards guy and you're not right. even as good. It's the same thing as Brady's doing. It's amazing to me, and I'm, I know there's been documentaries on this and everything, but, like, there's something in these guys that just clicks. Like, I just have to do one more year. I have to try just a little bit more. And I thought Tom Brady was going to learn this. Like, there's something really, really cool about walking out when you're really good Mm-hmm. And when you've had a one-team legacy. Exactly. But who has done that? It's so few because you look at Joe Montana going yeah, to play to for the, the Chiefs, Chiefs, right? Yeah. Peyton Manning going to play for the Broncos. Michael yep. Jordan for the Wizards. Uh, a few friends of mine and I uh, I found my old 90s baseball cards, mm. 80s and 90s. And I've been covering the name and taking a picture of the guy. Oh, yeah. And seeing yeah. if they can name who it is, like, just to pass time. Yep. And w- the one of the last ones we did was Deion Sanders. Oh, man. He was with, like, four teams. He was teams. with, like, four teams. And the comments that these guys had was, I had no idea he was on the Yankees. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah Like, yeah. way at the yeah. end there. Yeah. Like, just to yeah. get one more year, he yep. played with the Yankees. I know. I know. Like, there's something to be said about, like, just retire. Just be done. You got one team as your legacy. See, I look at guys like, uh, even though they're not my favorite basketball players of all time, Magic Johnson. Mm -hmm. I look at Larry Bird Mm -hmm. in football. I look at who I hate him, but Terry Bradshaw. They stuck. They stuck with one team. Kirby Puckett is my favorite baseball player of all time, in large part because he helped the 87 and 91 Twins win the series. Right. But because he stuck with it for all 11 years. With the twins. And now you look at that and it's like, that's lightning in a bottle, right? Oh, like, yeah, that doesn't The business happen. side of it so much, like yeah. the trades, like all of these guys have to be, number one, willing to be traded mm-hmm. at any moment. They got to be ready to be traded, I mean. Yep. And number two, you got to swallow a bunch of pride because you're probably not going to get the contract you wanted or whatever. Exactly. And that's yep. not going to happen. Which is exactly why the last person I ever saw doing what he did was Tom Brady. In this era of, you know, free agency, right, right, right. I never thought that Tom Brady would be the guy to go, you know what, I've spent literally 20 years here. But right. not been fun. See ya. I feel like it would have been cool, and I don't know all the relationship junk or whatever. It would have been cool for him and Belichick to ride off into the sunset together. Yeah. Like, I get it. Now, 
there's like a prove it kind of thing going on between right. the two of them. I yeah. would assume. Yeah, there is. I can do it without you. You can do. You can't do it without me. All that kind of stuff. But it still would have been a storybook ending. Yeah. To have them both ride off, which to circle all the way back, we don't have storybook endings. Like no, that's not real life. No, we it's have not. suffering. We have weirdness. And Tom Brady goes and plays for the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. That's just, it's going to be an odd season. But right. yeah, how like life? You know, you hope for something, yep. and you have an expectation, and then all of a sudden it doesn't happen, and you just have to deal with the new reality. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, we completely went down this rabbit trail and it ended up being the whole podcast, but I have a famous person story. Yeah, yeah. I met Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith. I did. Nice. And he was so incredibly short. <laughs> I could not believe it. That's, I'm like, wow, really? dude. Oh, yeah. Really? He's like really short. So <laughs> I was at the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yep. And it uh, must have been the day of his either like i don't think it was his induction because yep. that would have been a big deal yep. but i think he must have been visiting mm-hmm. and uh we're kind of walking past we're walking through and my dad was with me i think it was just me and my dad and i look over and i'm like dad that's i think that's ozzy smith yeah and he would not believe me he's like no no that doesn't that guy doesn't look like a, like he doesn't look like a athlete like a right. big huge guy or whatever. Right. He was just very very small, very very like not huge muscle muscles mm. muscles muscles. Uh, nothing that would say like this is a huge dude. Huh. And there wasn't a huge entourage like there was like two or three guys kind of walking alongside him. If you wouldn't have thought of it, like you would have thought, oh, this is just a guy. Interesting. Yeah. I so, actually kind of respect that a little right? more. Like, know, like, and maybe you can pull that off if you're a very average looking kind of person. But yeah. like if you're a six foot seven Michael Jordan or a Shaquille O'Neal or a Shaquille O'Neal, you're not going to hide. You're that. not going to hide that. I would also argue like if you're a Vince Vaughn and you got weird thumbs that yeah. everybody can see, you're not going to hide. You're not going to hide those dude. thumbs. No, like exactly. you're going to be noticed, obviously. So I got I got one question for you because I, I've been thinking about these three basketball players, which reminds oh, yeah, we me, should I want to ask your three favorite. I know your top Ooh. one. I know your top. Ooh. one. How do I rank them? Yeah. Oh my goodness! I'm wondering if they're all on the Boston Celtics. Oh, of course I'm they are. Wondering what they what have I mean, to be like. What team on the Boston Celtics? I wonder if they're '80s. If it's like McHale and oh, that man, kind of stuff. Or... So I think we would have to make like little asterisks, right? Like, if I was to say best basketball players, this is who I would list. If yep. I, if I was to say favorite basketball players, favorite. You yep. want to go favorite? Favorite. Yeah. Oh man. So really, it would be silly of me then. Uh, I would have to put Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, like you liked him, yeah. Just because, like he was, He's he was a, the guy. He is amazing. Like there's no way you couldn't like him. I had a Michael Jordan poster, and yep. I was a Celtics fan. And like, yeah, you, you're loyal to a team. But yep. when there's that kind of guy, like he was transcendent. Yeah. Like everybody liked him. Yep. Very true. So he would be for sure in my top three. Yep. Oh, man. And then do I just judge by, like, probably, like, who I spent the most time collecting cards of and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, This is weird. Uh, I would go, I would put Larry Bird in there. Yep, I figured that. Because I collected so much of him. Yep. But here's the weird thing for me. Let's see. He retired, like, Dream Team, so 92, right? So I was only 10 years old at that time. Mm-hmm. So really, I only 
cognizantly, is that a word? Like, yep. I only actually remember him playing for, like, a couple years. Right. And not being that good. Because, really, his last couple of years he was were kind of sad. Back problems. Back problems. Yep. Like, he was... Uh, he was done by about 87, Starting really. to lose it, all that stuff, right? Yep. Yep. So, I was more in love, I think, with the thought of him because mm. dad just instilled me with so much of how good he was and all this kind of stuff. Romanticized. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've talked about that too. Like you get a picture yep. of how good someone was and that's the kind of cool guy. Like, so everything that he <clears throat> was, mm -hmm. I equated with myself. Like he was not very athletic. He right. was not the best jumper. Like couldn't really run that fast. Like right. that's me. Right. Uh, so I had it in my head like, oh, man, if he can do it, I can do it kind of thing. But he had a drive. But he had a drive. He had a heck of a drive. Yep. And I always equated myself. Uh, I, I have like one line from somebody that makes me believe this is true. Like he knew what people were going to do. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I remember playing basketball one time and getting a compliment from somebody like, oh, you understand the game really well. Like I, I knew where people were going to be, and I knew kind of where the ball was going to spin and, right. and that kind of thing, which is why I always wanted to be a coach right. at some point. But the understanding of the game mm -hmm. is what drew me to him, like right. the uh, just the chess match of it. Like, yeah. he understood that. Yeah, and he did very so, well. That's why he was a great coach, too. Oh, absolutely, great right? Great coach when he was with the Pacers. The Pacers, yep. yep. So I put, I got Michael Jordan in there. I got Larry Bird, at least the romanticized version of Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking this is a hard one because I yeah. want to say Paul Pierce because oh. Paul Pierce was, well, he was the guy for the Celtics yeah. when I was really into it, Yep. but I think I might go this route. I really liked Kevin Garnett. With you mean with the Celtics? Okay, not with the T Wolves. I paid attention to him with the T Wolves. Yeah, yeah. And I, like, I appreciate him with the T Wolves. Yep. And then when he got traded to the Celtics, it was like kind of a like, oh, like he's on my team now. Yeah. Like that's really cool. Well, and even when he was with T Wolves, he was the guy. When he, he was, was with the, the guy. Celtics. He was still pretty right? much the guy. Well, and so. that like he has such a unique. Yeah. personality and stuff like that's fun to watch like yeah. he was intense man yeah, very much he would so. walk up to the backboard and smack his head on it yeah. like just to get himself ready for the game or whatever like yep. that was he was fun to watch my folks are huge uh, minnesota fans and i am too except for basketball uh and they lamented the day Kevin oh, that was like when the T Wolves yeah, died. Yeah, that's when right? they died. That was right. the end of it. Right. You know, but my folks were always huge Minnesota fans, and I'm a Minnesota guy in three sports except for basketball. So who's your bat? Oh, you're the Pistons. I'm the Pistons. Yeah. yeah. But you don't even like NBA anymore. No, right? I don't. So. I stopped like an NBA around 2006. Right. Basically, right after Larry Brown won with the Pistons the last time. So who else do you have? And you have Charles or uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is my number three. Yeah. Uh, number two might surprise people, but John Stockton. Oh yeah. From the Jazz. I I think that's a really good choice. Oh man, I love John Stockton. And he was so like, the fun thing about him was points. I don't care. Yeah. 
It as was long all about assists. As let's get it. We get a basket. We as a team, let's get right? it in there. So That's he was really always cool. feeding the ball to Malone, you Malone. know, and man, he was awesome. Yep. And then my number one, Bill Lambeer. Nice. I of course. love Bill Lambeer. I, I figured him. it was either going to be that or like a Rodman or something like right. that. Like I, you kind of like that guy yep. that's like thumbing his nose at the system. That's why Rodman is number four and Charles I'm Barkley sure. is five. Oh, Barkley. You know? What a guy. Oh, I love him. But, and now I bet man. you love listening to him oh, now because he's, he's, so he's just so great. But no, Bill Lambeer, it was and still is my favorite basketball player of all time because, man, that guy would throw elbows oh, and yeah. did not care. He would get into it. Oh, it's awesome. Especially late 80s when he would. Did he ever get traded from the Pistons? Like he. Oh, he worked. He did the rest of his career. Wow. In 93 or 94, I think he retired. Which is, again, going back to the longevity of a player. Yep. Like that's kind of a lightning in a bottle thing. Yep, exactly. So, all right. We've been at it for about an hour. Yeah. And so we better call it a day. Yep. Um. We went all the way from uh, Vince Vaughn yep. to the theology of waiting yep. to what our plans are at Living Water for the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. to Bill Lambeer. Yeah, yeah. So that was quite a trail. At some point, yeah. you know what I would love to have somebody do? Some good artist. Mm. Um, I know they do this at the Leadership Summit. They draw like a roadmap of what people are talking about <laughs> like yeah. can you imagine our roadmap Dude, Man, that would look so it's, cool it's gonna be all s curves that and would tangents. be awesome that's, that's actually a good idea yeah somebody Let's that's that. a good artist yeah i see janice wogan is she on. could handle that she's good at that so please Shout out. Janice, make that happen yeah <laughs> and uh as you're drawing that up as you're taking time to listen to the podcast we really appreciate you listening we also want to remind you that this will be uploaded to forallwhothirst.com in a little while which means it'll also be uh available on spotify or on google play so if you're listening both of those ways awesome if you just caught the end of the facebook segment you can always watch the facebook segment again or just wait until it's on Spotify and listen on there. Uh, subscribe to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, which I believe is above 100 now. Aha, uh-huh. we are internet famous. We are internet famous. Nailed it. Boom. <laughs> oh, um, this time, we've never done this before. Okay. Where it just works out just perfectly. Yeah. But I'm going to just kind of talk and talk until it does work out perfectly. This is fantastic. Because the moment that I get done talking... We're going to be able to listen to our outro. And we have, so we have never perfected this. We have never perfected this. And this time it is absolutely perfect. Jesse, I love your face. Love your face. It's not going. Ah, I was so we right. Failed. Uh, we failed. <laughs> we wanted it so bad. It's so good.